For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Larry Kruger, host at KNBR 104.5 and 680 and pregame, postgame host before and after every 49ers game about how the 49ers plan to attack this offseason. If you follow Larry on Twitter, you know he's got all kinds of ideas about how to build the roster, and he's definitely got some opinions about whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo should be under center for the red and gold in 2021. All stuff we can talk about with Larry Kruger, who joins me next. It's Friday, March 5th. It is a pleasure to welcome my friend, Larry Kruger, to the Update Podcast. Larry, I think you've been on with us before. You can always hear Larry on pre- and post-game, before and after 49ers games on KNBR 104.5 and 680, and also as part of the Tolbert, Kruger, and Brooks Afternoon Show, weekdays 2 to 6 on KNBR. Larry, what's going on, man? How are you? Copes, what's going on, man? I'm excited to uh, to be be on the podcast, man. This is, this is awesome. You're one of these guys who, you know, we get into the off season and you're like, I'm going to watch all 16 of those games again, man. I'm going to dial back in and see <laughs> what we can, what we can pick out what I didn't notice the first time through. Are you enjoying this off season? Feels like we're getting maybe more football talk this off season than we have in recent years. Well, you know what's super intriguing about it is the fact that you have teams like Jacksonville with like $80 million to spend. And then you have teams that are so woefully over the cap that they're going to have to cut a bunch of people. So March is always wild. We always see a bunch of names moving around and big free agent signings and cap casualties and so on and so forth. But this year it's even going to be that much more pronounced, I think, because you have so many teams that because of the pandemic, because the cap's not going up, you're going to have teams like the Saints that are in cap hell, and you're going to have other teams, even like the Colts. They're a Super Bowl contender, some would argue, They've got the third most cap room, so it could be a wild month from mid-March to the end. Yeah, baseball could take a page out of free agency from the NBA and uh, in the NFL with with how hot stuff has been, and it, it sort of feels that way, right? Like, with the NBA, we get these guys who are building super teams, and they decide, you know, James Harden says, I'll only play for the Nets and for whoever else, and I want to be traded here. Paul George says, I want to go to the Clippers. Kind of feels like we're getting that with quarterbacks now. Like, quarterbacks are saying, like Russell Wilson, I don't want to be traded, I want to be here, but if you're going to trade me i only want to play for teams x y and z what do you think of that now these quarterbacks have been kind of dictating their off seasons well it just shows that they've got clout an nfl coach and general manager can have an unhappy player in his locker room and be fine with it not if he's the quarterback you know what i mean the quarterback better be happy the quarterback's not a not an employee the quarterback's a partner in a business venture and i do think it's interesting that jj watt copes came out and said that one of the key you know, deciding factors for him going to Arizona was the quarterback and the fact that Kyler Murray was there and that position solidified. So it's not like any other position on on the football field for sure. And I think we're getting a glimpse of the future here and I, I don't mind it. I know there are people that push back and say, Oh, you know, the inmates running the asylum and this and that, this is big money professional sports at the highest level and when you're paying somebody in excess of 20 million dollars to represent your franchise they're not on your team they're part of the decision making process so uh, I think this is a trend that you're going to see continue. Yeah, and I think we're just hearing more guys speak up and say that. Russell Wilson saying, I want to be part of the OC hunt. You know, Deshaun Watson saying, I want to be part of the general manager hunt. And sometimes they're not included. So if you're going to be a partner and you're not included, I understand asking out. Let me ask you this, though. You mentioned J.J. Watt coming to the NFC West. I think a lot of people look at that move and say, just another drop in the bucket that's making the NFC West the best division in football, at least right now. Matt Stafford coming in and maybe the Rams the team to beat. Russell Wilson always a factor and 
You mentioned Kyler on the ascent. Where do you think the 49ers are going to go to try to keep up in this arms race here? I mean, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is a huge focal point here, but there's a lot of other free agents. Do you have a, a wish list here for the Niners? Because we talk about the money they have to spend. I think they're about $10 million under the cap. Is that right? Right now, they don't have loads and loads to, to dump on somebody either. Yeah, I mean, it's really a difficult thing to put your arms around because the cap is a moving target. You know, you cut this guy, suddenly you have more dollars under the cap. We know that they have the ability to create, if they want, $24 million of cap room at any moment if they want to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo via trade or via waiving him. So they have 40-some-odd free agents, 27 unrestricted. I'm sure Trent Williams is the priority, and I would imagine K1 Williams and Jason Verrett probably priority 1A and 1B, you know, as far as after Trent. But, you know, the Niners only have roughly, I think I looked at it just now, 11.9 or something like that, exactly to the moment. So, you know, they're going to have to make some very difficult decisions. And this is a team that has nine free agents alone in the secondary. Their left tackle is a free agent. Their quarterback position is undecided. Their edge rusher position opposite Nick Bosa is wide open. There's a number of key free agents on their defensive front that they may resign. They may not resign any of them. You know, Adam Peters and John Lynch and, and the front office down there, they have a lot on the table and they could go in a lot of different directions. I mean, that's what makes this so interesting is that there's no end to the amount of speculation because there's no end to the number of options and the ways you can play your hand of cards. Yeah, and there may be options out there that, that we haven't even mentioned. I mean, the Trent Williams trade didn't happen until you and I were on the air doing draft day coverage on like the third day last year, right? And then and then that popped up. So it's funny. I'm looking at, at those free agent moves or, or, you know, the addition of J.J. Watt to the Cardinals being reported earlier this week. And I'm thinking, I wonder how much work that offensive line needs, man. It, it looked like it did not do great in pass protection last year. Obviously, the zone run scheme is fantastic when George Kittle's on the field. But what do you make of more pass rushers coming to the West? And, you know, I'm thinking about Mike McGlinchey if he sat up in his seat a little bit when he saw the J.J. Watt signed with Arizona. Yeah, I mean, you got Chandler Jones, you got J.J. Watt. Now, granted, it's not the J.J. Watt three-time defensive player of the year award guy. It's a long-in-the-tooth J.J. Watt who's going to give you more like five or six sacks instead of, you know, 15 or 16. But he's a smart player, and he's good against the run, and he's going to help them dramatically, you know, for sure. So it's hard to say how it's all going to look because you don't know what does that mean for Patrick Peterson? What does that mean for the Cardinals free agents that they gave J.J. Watt good money? I thought Watt got a little bit more money than I thought he would have gotten, but that's what happens when, you know, supply and demand, right? And he's out there. So it is interesting. I mean, if you're the 49ers and you got McGlinchey, who had a nightmarish year, in my opinion, as a pass blocker at right tackle. And then you have Trent Williams, who you cannot franchise tag because of the agreement you made when you traded for him. You know, you got some questions at tackle in a division where you're getting Chandler Jones and Watt twice, and you're getting Aaron Donald, and who knows? Maybe they re-sign Leonard Floyd. They're one of the teams that's got cap problems, the Rams. But, you know, maybe you have Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald twice a year. And then Seattle had a rough pass rush last year, but, you know, who knows what they'll have. You know, there's a lot of people think that they'll, they may sign a top pass rusher in free agency. So, you know, it puts a lot of emphasis on the offensive tackles, and those are hard commodities to find. You're going to pay top dollar in free agency, and if you're not going to pay top dollar in free agency, you're going to have to invest a first-round pick. You know, you're not going to find a, a plug-and-play offensive tackle after, like, maybe the 20th, 25th pick of round one, historically. So 
puts a lot of pressure on the 49ers. They need a quarterback out of this draft, potentially. They need a pass rusher out of this draft. They need multiple corners out of this draft. And if they lose Trent Williams, they need a left tackle out of this draft. And what takes priority? There are teams like Jacksonville and others, Indy, the Chargers, that might be able to just blow the Niners out of the water with some offer for 22, 23, 24 million average, you know, AAV for Trent Williams. And the 49ers might just look at that and go, you know what? This doesn't work for us. We can't do this. We want this player, but we want him at 18-5. We don't want him at 24-5. And the market could get out of hand. So Jacksonville's left tackle, Cam Robinson, is an interesting guy to watch. You know, former Alabama first-round pick, had some rough times adjusting to the league, played his best football last year, kind of coming of age, a younger player, definitely going to be a little cheaper than Trent Williams. And it'll be interesting to see if the 49ers pivot off of him Or don't be surprised if you see the 49ers trade some draft pick for Orlando Brown, who has made it clear in Baltimore that with uh, Ronnie Stanley playing left tackle coming off the injury, that he wants to play left tackle because that's where the money's at. And you might see Orlando Brown move for a day two or day three pick, and I could see the 49ers being one of the bidders. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And I think last year we had that note that they didn't make a pick in any of their designated spots coming into the draft, right? Like, I don't think they made a single selection on a pick that was theirs in last year's draft. I mean, that can tell you a couple things. It can tell you that there's all kinds of trade activity, or it can tell you that the staff has a particular player on the board that they're falling in love with, and they're flinching as the picks are coming off the board, and they're they're not willing to be patient. You know, sometimes those trade-up for the guy you want is... You know, you should just demonstrate some patience. It's a case-by-case basis, but you're right. Lynch is 100% willing to deal. And, you know, all the talk during the Harbaugh years and prior to that about how, you know, Parag Marate was, a, you know, an albatross and just something that was weighing the franchise down. I think he is the key guy in their war room as far as canvassing the league. He's manning the old John McVay role of canvassing the league, you know, finding out what deals are out there. And they've made some really good deals with him, you know, manning that role. So I think Lynch and Shanahan have gotten Parag in a role where he's really excelling, and that helps. Yeah, I agree with you there 100%. It's so funny now with the way news is made in the offseason around quarterbacks, and we'll leave it with this one here, is seems like now all you have to do to get a story is ask a GM or a coach how he feels about his quarterback, and then you just pull it apart, right? They asked John Lynch a couple <laughs> weeks ago about Jimmy G, and they did the same thing with Mike Mayock and, and Derek Carr the other day. But the one that intrigues me is the rumor from earlier this week that the, the 49ers may have called on Teddy Bridgewater of the Panthers. Now, last year, Matt Rule comes in and drafts all defensive players in his first year as the head coach coming in uh, to take over the Panthers. I think Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting prospect. I don't know that he's much better than Jimmy G. Certainly would save you some money if you traded for him and then either dumped Jimmy or traded him elsewhere. Not specifically to Teddy Bridgewater, but what do you think about the options that are out there? And do you believe there's one that is considerably better than Jimmy and would make the Niners better right now? I'm not a Jimmy fan. I don't know how much you've listened to our show in the afternoon. I used to be a Jimmy fan, but I'm seeing clear regression. I'm with you. The footwork is awful. It's either pitter-patter and it's panicky or it's frozen, literally frozen on the ground. And when you look at the rate that he was pressured at and where it ranked in the league, and then the rate that he was sacked at and where that rated in the league, I think the numbers paint a very clear picture of a quarterback that can no longer escape the pocket and escape the rush. 
and it's a bad cycle. So you have a quarterback that's not processing, not moving his feet, and not escaping the rush, and so he's taking hits, and he's taking sacks, and he's getting hurt, and he's missing games, and you're playing with your backup, and you're losing, and you're a great coach, and you're sub-500. Now do you see where Kyle Shanahan is now frustrated? I don't think Kyle Shanahan has spoken to it. I don't think people really understand the level of frustration. He says what he needs to say publicly, but I think he's enormously frustrated with Garoppolo's regression, and I think he's moving on. Now, how is it going to happen, and for who? I think that Zach Wilson is the perfect quarterback for their offense, and I think they ought to be on the phone with the Jets and the Dolphins to try to get up to the top of the draft from 12-2, to 12-3, and draft Zach Wilson and add Bridgewater as a bridge quarterback. Next year, you're going to to the year with Bridgewater, Zach Wilson, and Josh Rosen in your quarterback room. That would be, I think, a very desirable move. I'm also a big fan of the skill set of fields from Ohio State. I saw a play the other day somebody had where he ran the length of the field to throw a block for his running back. That tells me so much about what he's about as a guy. And you're always looking for the essence of a player. So you're talking about 6'3", 230, super athletic, huge arm, and he's got that winning essence. He's got that desire that, that's incredible, which I think you need. So those two guys really intrigue me. Mac Jones has done nothing but intri- you know look great, but it's hard to separate. Is it Bama's surrounding cast that makes him look good and he's ordinary, or is he really something? I think it's a really tough evaluation. And then Lance is the prospect with the greatest resume that I've never seen. You know, I mean, I've seen highlights, but his resume is unbelievable. So, you know, you're not going to get Lawrence. I'm not a fan of Trask, but I'm not afraid of the rookie quarterback. I like Kellen Mond from A&M. I like Davis Mills from Stanford. I think you can do okay. I like Felipe Franks as a quarterback. You know, he's 6'6", 240. He's got 10-inch hands. He throws a terrific ball. He's a little bit more developmental. So that would call for a Bridgewater bridge type quarterback to man the position for a little while. But I think there's good options in this draft, and I think they're going to take one of them. I like the idea of a bridge quarterback, but I'm with you. I think it's got to be somebody cheaper than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I've soured on him a little bit, too, over the last couple of years because I'm with you. He's not staying on the field, and he, and he appears to have regressed. The only question I have for any of these rookie quarterbacks is you got to go with the Kevin Costner draft day Sonny Weaver line about whether or not his friends came to his birthday party, Larry. That's, that's what we got to know before we pick a guy. I really enjoyed the coach on the field in that movie with that. That was just so awesome. But I will say this too. People have pointed out, well, you know, Garoppolo's due to make 20 something million. How much are they going to save with Bridgewater making 17? Here's the thing. You trade for Bridgewater. You're probably willing, and he's probably willing to renegotiate his deal, extend it out two or three years, spread that money around and give yourself a more favorable cap situation. And I bet you Jimmy would be willing to do that as well. But the Niners aren't willing to do that with Jimmy. So if you're not willing to extend a guy to give yourself cap room when you desperately need it because you're so fearful of what he's going to become, I think that tells you everything you need to know. It's time to move on. Yeah, it's probably a good call, man. I I don't know that we figured anything out in the last 15 minutes, Larry, but it was fun (laughs) talking to you for sure, man. We'll definitely get you back on the pod, dude. And I'm hoping I get invited to your birthday party this year, man. I'm hoping we get to get together for that. There you go. Well, January 12th is my birthday, so I just just recently had it, but you know. Ah, well, then we're done. We're done. Maybe next next year. 2022, man. That'll be it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Larry. We'll catch you later, man. See you, Copes. 
Fun conversation with Larry. He's got strong opinions. He's also going to pull some names out of nowhere that you didn't know were coming. So I'm glad we get to pick his brain on both free agency and where the 49ers should go with quarterback. I think a lot of people have soured on Jimmy G and maybe even if it's not Teddy Bridgewater, a bridge quarterback, for lack of a better term, might be the best move for the 49ers and drafting one early in this year's draft. Could be Justin Fields, could be Zach Wilson, all remains to be seen, but stuff that we'll continue to cover throughout the offseason, especially when free agency gets going in the next couple of weeks. Thank you to Larry. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. On Monday, we'll talk to Kendra Andrews, who covers the Warriors for NBC Sports Bay Area, about how they plan to attack the second half schedule, which begins on Thursday. Everybody enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday with Kendra Andrews.